With SDPB News, I'm Megan Fury. A Senate health panel is passing along a bill that modifies the state's felony-level ingestion charge. The sponsor of the measure hopes the change will funnel would-be felons and inmates into addiction treatment. SDPB's Lee Strubinger reports. The 2023 session has been defined by extending sentences for violent offenders and building new prisons. Nearly every state group that focuses on criminal justice says the state needs more methamphetamine addiction treatment, from the Attorney General to the ACLU. State Senator Michael Roll heavily amended one of his bills to alter the state's felony ingestion charge. It says the first two ingestion convictions within a 10-year period are a misdemeanor. Any person convicted for a violation must undergo a court-ordered evaluation for chemical dependency. We're setting up a system where we're going to try to send people to to actual treatment to, to get help opposed to going to prison. South Dakota is one of the only states in the country that charges a felony for ingestion of a controlled substance. Law enforcement groups say the charge is helpful in catching dealers and distributors. As of December of 2022, 218 people are incarcerated for ingestion. 15% of inmates in the state's overcrowded women's prison are in with ingestion as their highest charge, and the charge disproportionately affects Native American women. According to a 2018 prison cost estimate, felony-level ingestion costs the state and counties $6 million annually. Under Roll's bill, a person is still subject to a felony after their third charge within 10 years. This law does not change the fact that some of these people will still go to jail. The judge still has that discretion to send these people to jail for a year. Uh, What this law does is it says that the judge has to send them to get evaluated for for chemical dependency. And based off that ruling, he can make the determination, does this person need to go to treatment or does this person need to go to jail? The Republican-controlled legislature has been hesitant to change the state's felony ingestion charge, which typically goes before a judiciary committee. The Senate Health Committee passed the bill unanimously. Senators will debate the bill next week before Wednesday. I'm SDPB's Lee Strubinger. State lawmakers are considering a summer study on child care. In separate press conferences Thursday, leaders from both parties argued a lack of daycare hurts the state's workforce. Few child care-related bills have advanced this legislative session despite calls for action from both parties. Republican Senator Casey Crabtree said the legislature currently lacks a comprehensive model it could put into law. We've got to find a model that will work far into the future for that. And right now, that idea really isn't showing itself. And so we're hoping industry uh, will come together with what that model looks like. And we'll then be able to find out where we fit into that, if at all. Democratic Senator Reynold Nessaba also expressed support for a summer study. If you want high quality affordable child care that pays a living wage, the state has to be a partner in it. And and I'm hoping that a summer study helps us reach that conclusion. Crabtree also identified long-term care and county finances as potential issues for summer studies. The interim committee's topics and membership are decided by the legislature's executive board. The South Dakota Senate narrowly advanced a bill changing the way candidates earn their party's ticket in statewide elections. Currently, Republicans and Democrats choose their candidates for several statewide offices, including governor and congressional seats, through a party convention. Senate Bill 40 changes it to a statewide primary vote. Senator Michael Diedrich is a proponent for the bill. He says the current voting system is failing the South Dakota public. South Dakota is one of only three states in the entire United States that selects their attorney general 
or their Secretary of State by private party convention. All the others are either, they either don't have them or they have appointment process through the governor, but the predominantly they are selected through a primary, an election primary. Uh, that's open and transparent. You don't get any more open and transparent than that. Senator John Wick opposed the bill. He says SB 40 will further divide political parties instead of encouraging them to work together. Senators, I'm asking you to defeat this bill and give us a chance to work together in both parties, in all parties. Independence too, why not? We have challenges we can work on together. There's a lot of work to be done. And Senators, I believe we can do it. But if Senate Bill 40 passes, we just find another major source of division. The bill was supported by the Senate in a close 18 to 16 vote. It now heads to the House. A Senate committee killed a bill restricting mandatory childhood COVID-19 vaccines. The bill also would have stripped much of the State Department of Health's authority regarding all mandatory childhood immunizations in public schools. The Senate Health and Human Services Committee killed SB 125 on a 7-0 vote. Republican Senator Julie Fry-Mueller of Rapid City sponsored the bill. We, the elected people for the people as a legislative body, we would make the decision, not on elected departments. Opponents to the bill said there's already a rulemaking process that the Department of Health has to follow that includes the legislature if the department wants to add new vaccinations to the currently approved vaccines. South Dakota Medical Association lobbyist Justin Bell opposes the bill. It impacts every vaccination that's spoken about already in code. We're not even talking about future vaccines. We're talking about how do we do that. The committee sent the measure to the 41st legislative day, effectively killing it. SDPB's legislative coverage is supported by the Friends of SDPB with corporate support from the South Dakota Bar Foundation and SDN Communications. A professor at Black Hills State University is asking for $150,000 in state funding to create a Center for American Exceptionalism. The House Appropriations Committee approved the expenditure by a vote of 8 to 1 Thursday. House Bill 1070's sponsor says the curriculum developed by the center will battle communism by instilling a love of country in students. Victoria Wicks has more of this story for SDPB. Representative Scott Odenbach told the Appropriations Committee that just a few U.S. textbook companies have a monopoly on school curricula. He said the Center for American Exceptionalism intends to draft a textbook that aligns with South Dakota values and create a curriculum aimed at students in kindergarten through college. I think that we can have a curriculum that teaches, yes, this country has made some mistakes in the past, but it's still our country, our home. We love it and we're proud of it. It's the greatest country in, in the world. Odenbach said he has talked with Blue State refugees who advise him how South Dakota can keep attracting people and developing economically. Keep your education system from going woke, if you will, and keep it a place where folks who frankly love this country and want common sense and freedom can come and know it's still going to be America. The bill also had a public hearing in the House Education Committee on January 23rd, where proponents and opponents hashed it out more thoroughly. The bill now has been amended to include educators in the development of the proposed curriculum. Representative Linda Duba voted against funding the center. She said she has not been contacted by any educators who support the bill, and she pointed out that the Board of Regents and BHS administrators have not testified in favor of it. 
Duba also said the BHS curriculum would run up against a current state social studies design now in development at state expense. How are they going to work together? How are they going to clash? Which curriculum are the school districts going to use? Other committee members asked if the proposed BHS center would be a one-time financial commitment or an ongoing expense. They concluded they'd fund it this year and see what develops. The bill still needs approval on the floor of each chamber before it can head to the governor's desk. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Victoria Wicks. The House of Representatives voted to increase the dollar amount for Opportunity Scholarships Thursday. House Bill 1055 increases the total scholarship amount from 6500 over four years to 7500 This would apply for any scholarships awarded after July 1st this year. District 13 Representative Tony Venheisen brought forward the bill. He says increasing the dollar amount would help keep more students in the state. We all know the workforce needs we have and the need for that. So I will be happy as a clam if in three or four years I have to come back and tell you all that we kept more people than we thought we would. That would be a wonderful problem to have. He also says the bill would have no impact on the general fund for the next three years as the program is currently overfunded. The Opportunity Scholarship can be used for all universities in the state, including technical, tribal, and private schools. The bill now passes to the Senate. A Senate committee moved to clarify regulations on fake Native American art. As SDPB's Slater Dixon reports, House Bill 1011 would modify existing regulations on the sale of Native American arts and crafts. In South Dakota, it's illegal to sell an item that's similar to an American Indian art or craft if it wasn't created by a Native American. That's unless a retailer puts up a sign clearly stating the object isn't genuine. The statute dates back to the 1960s. However, since its creation and in our checking, there hasn't been any records of the statute being enforced. Uh, so essentially, it's not doing anything but causing confusion at this point. That's Tyler Tordson, a Republican representative from Sioux Falls. Tordson presented his proposed fix to the Senate Commerce and Energy Committee Thursday morning. If his bill becomes law, only items represented as Native American made would be covered by the statute. Tortson says that change would bring the text in line with the legislature's original intent. By passing this bill, I think that we can help lift up Native American artists. We can better protect their work through more clear language that is enforceable, and it can provide better clarity to retailers. That argument was echoed by Doug Abraham, a lobbyist for the South Dakota Retailers Association. He says the current similar to language is too subjective. Whether something is similar to or not in regard to an American Indian art or craft is also in the eye of the beholder. He says the alternative language would be less ambiguous. The purports to be language would require you to hold yourself out to be a Native American manufactured art or craft. We think that's a good standard. The committee approved the bill unanimously and placed it on the Senate's consent calendar. If passed on consent, it will go to the governor's desk. Falsely representing a piece of art as Native American made is also federally illegal under the Indian Arts and Crafts Act of 1990. I'm STPB's Slater Dixon. Getting an abortion has long been extremely difficult for Native Americans and has become even tougher since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. New restrictive state laws add to a series of existing hurdles. There's a decades-old ban on most abortions at clinics and hospitals run by the Indian Health Service. Also, fewer other nearby health centers offer abortions. Among the seven states with the highest proportion of Native residents, 
Four have moved or are poised to further restrict abortion. South Dakota and Oklahoma ban abortion with few exceptions. Many advocates worry that reduced abortion access will make things worse for women already facing maternal death rates twice as high as their white peers and teen birth rates more than twice as high as whites. Average gas prices in South Dakota have fallen nearly five cents per gallon in the last week. This brings the average to $3.29 per gallon, according to Gas Buddy's latest report. Prices in this state are 17 cents per gallon higher than a month ago and stand less than one cent per gallon lower than a year ago. The national average price of diesel has fallen 7.3 cents in the last week as well and stands at $4.53 per gallon, the lowest level since March 5th of last year. With SDPB News, I'm Megan Fury. And that is your daily news update. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SDPB News and visit sdpb.org news to stay up to date on our journalism as it comes in. And as always, thank you for listening.